And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, all you fine listeners. It's me, Eric Corrine, here with Bells On <laughs> to chat to you on Jurassic Pod Episode 7. With me, as always, is my friend, my colleague, uh, my my pal, uh, ra- basketball aficionado, Holly McKenzie. How are you, Holly? Hi. I was waiting to see how long you could make that go, and I wasn't sure if I was excited that you kept adding things to 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 um, introduce me, or if it was going to go to a place where I was like, uh. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. You know, I, I, I was I like, he said all the good things. It, now is he gonna start saying bad? Anyway, um, hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my my problem, my fa- my problem sleeper. <laughs> like, like, is that where you? Uh, I don't know. I don't have a ton of bad things to say to you. Like occasionally tardy. Uh, like occasionally maybe. Tardy. But, yeah, but that's fair. The, that's annoying. Yeah. It's an annoying. Yeah, well, I have baggage with that, uh, but that's not yours in particular. <laughs> this this comes from, uh, you know, my mother, basically, who was frequently late and always, like, if she was picking me up, she's like, the traffic was bad, except she's like, she's taking the same route every day, and the... Like, that's always, it's like, the traffic wasn't bad. The traffic was normal. You just leave 10 minutes late. <laughs> I actually do that, too. I'm really bad at realizing how long it's going to take to get somewhere um yeah like if but we're really just same... getting into it hey two minutes in my, growing up my mom was yeah, late let's, to let's me get up. my uh my therapist on here uh <laughs> oh no she retired and left me too um ah, <laughs> ah. that, that happened in june it's all fine guys uh <laughs> the toronto raptors speaking of all fine um 11 and 13 and on a two game winning tr- streak. It's two in a row. I think that's the third time this year they've won multiple games in a row if I if I'm not mistaken. Um It no, definitely maybe feels it's only the second time because they won 5 in a row and now no. they've won 3 in a row. No, they The others might be singles or two in a row. Anyway, ah, you just confused me so much. Um who cares? They're eleven and thirteen. They've won two in a row. Yes. They're thirteenth on offense. And get this, Holly. They are out of the league's bottom third <laughs> in defensive rating, sitting high and mighty in twentieth spot overall. <laughs> I'll remind you that between twenty-one and thirty, there are ten teams, which means them on the bottom end of the second third of the league, and that is what we call progress. Yeah, that happened real fast, hey? After the way it was going to start this road trip, or to start this homestand, after that road trip, which the defense wasn't anywhere, um, I wouldn't have expected that. So, yeah, I was just going to say um, two wins in a row. It definitely feels like more than that somehow. <laughs> like, I think it was such a bad stretch um, that those two wins really, it feels like it's been a great week and a half. <laughs> Yeah, well, the Memphis game, they also, like, <clears throat> played a good defensive game. And yeah, that's true. So that it at least stopped the tide of, like, the painful way they were losing. Um, no, yeah, instead it was it. just they lost the... In a new painful way. <laughs> instead it was but just the, the Dylan Brooks Bowl. <laughs> yeah, they lost in a predictable painful way. Like, that that's sort of how I started my story uh, last night, and, and this is a good way to ta- talk about the defense, which I think is the biggest story over the last... Uh, since we recorded the last episode, um, you know, if if you were to say before last night that the Raptors were 13th in defense and 23rd in offense before the <laughs> year, you'd be like, well, what the hell's happening with the defense? That sounds right on the offense, but what's, what's happening with the defense? Instead, they were 23rd defensively yeah. now, as I already mentioned, 20th. And, you know, caveats... Bes- um, 
about the schedule. Uh, Memphis without Ja Morant. Ja, ja Morant. Ja Morant. <laughs> uh, Milwaukee without... I can't believe I had Ja Morant and Giannis Antetokounmpo coming up, and I screwed oh. up Ja Morant. Um, <laughs> Memphis without Ja Morant. Milwaukee without Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Washington, who despite a good record, were are a bottom third offensive team in the league. And the Raptors held them all below 100 points. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, pace and all that. That's not necessarily a catch-all number. Uh, over the last four games, so I'm including a pretty bad Boston game, uh, that would be this homestand in which they are currently 2-2. Two and two, A mm-hmm. 102.6 defensive rating. Obviously a huge improvement. Still getting crushed on the defensive glass, although not against Washington. Still giving up a ton of free throws um, that did happen against Washington. Uh, Seventh highest turnover percentage for opponents, uh, which is, you know, maybe not as high as we thought, but certainly, you know, along the lines of of what we thought we'd uh, see from this defense, is, um, I guess... Start. Let's start here. What to you <laughs> stood out about how they're playing defensively over the last few games, other than, you know, the opponents that I mentioned? Yeah, uh, it's been interesting to see because I feel like for so long we've talked about injuries and if everyone can just get healthy and if everybody can just get on the same page and... Obviously, the injuries are still there. They're evolving. <laughs> uh, Gary Trent it's was fluid. out. He's, it's a fluid he's situation. <laughs> he's, Sometimes he's it's back. fluid in the knee, but it's a fluid situation. Oh, wow. That was good. That was good. <laughs> About a not good situation. Yeah, Cam Birch is uh, still sidelined with swelling in yep. that knee. With Mysterious fluid. Uh, <laughs> um, but I do think that we're starting to see um some of those pieces kind of play the way or have the impact that maybe we had thought um to start the season i think that precious has been really good the past couple games um i know he's had a really up and down start to the season um but just like it feels like the energy and the hustle um that he plays with is kind of starting to win out or balance out a bit um he's been you know he's just and and i feel like when he does have those big defensive plays it's at a moment where like momentum is like changing for the raptors which has been awesome to see uh utah coming back has been a huge help i mean i'm sure we'll talk about him individually a bit later oh we sure will (laughs) Uh, i think he's our favorite topic to talk about in terms of players on this team because he's just a delight um but yeah, I think Pascal has been really good um, these past few games. Um, and also, Chris Boucher looked as the best he's looked all season, I think, um, against the Wizards on um, Sunday. Wow, forgot what day it was. Uh, and I think the biggest thing with Chris was just like his his timing and and the flow of the game. Like He just looked like the Chris that we've seen before, which was really good. Uh, for sure. And, you know, I want to touch on all of that, but just to hammer home the defense. What's been interesting for me is, you know, I was watching the Raptors 905 game this morning, uh, and as they came back from a 20 to 0 deficit to start the game, <laughs> the, it's, you, you could make the own joke about Raptors 905 being out in Toronto uh, too late because uh, they really <laughs> did give up the first 20 points of the game to the Capital City Go Go before winning 120 to 113. Um, but they were playing the type of defense that we sort of expected from the Raptors proper this year. And they were creating a ton of turnovers, Mm -hmm. but when they weren't creating those turnovers, it was sort of what we saw earlier with the Raptors uh, this season. You know, a lot of open threes, uh, poor transition, getting beat down the floor. Um, And that sort of, you know, that sort of chaotic defense is what I sort of expected to be the Raptors' calling card, both when it succeeded and when it failed this year. What stood out to me, and I I noticed it, and I asked Nick Nurse about it specifically uh, against Washington, but also in general over the last few games, is like, it's the little things. It's like communication being better. It's Scotty Barnes and Precious Achua Mm -hmm. just communicating when they're switching and when they're not. I thought like for all, you know, 
before last night, uh, Scotty Barnes, or, or Sunday night, Scotty Barnes was 10 for 21 from three, and we can focus on that or not. But I thought last night against the Wizards was actually his most impactful game uh, I've seen in a while, uh, just in terms of the little things he was doing on defense and, and making sure he's in the right place. And if he's not in the right place, uh, at least communicating that he wasn't so the defense could respond. Uh, and... I think that's where we have to remember all the conversations we had about Scotty Barnes' minutes and the reps he was getting and how he looked exhausted sometimes. But hey, maybe they're paying off now <laughs> with him, like, knowing where, like, you know, it's not like a block shot brigade or a ton of steals, but he's just making the sound play more often. And I think that goes for the team as mm-hmm. a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that especially last night you really saw that with Scotty uh Pascal and and Precious um and and it's not the same situation as Scotty but again with Precious I just feel like things are starting to click it's they're just coming a bit easier um you know there's still going to be mistakes and there's still going to be moments where he's taking the ball up in the open court and you're like ah where are we going where are we going with this but in terms of the things that we knew that these players could do um defensively individually I feel like yeah communication is a big thing I hadn't really that wasn't something that like super stood out to me last night I guess I just wasn't really like thinking about that um yeah but just as a whole um yeah that certainly would help make make the the whole unit function better as each as each player is kind of getting better at playing their own individual position and role yeah, I thought Precious, I think Precious has been a lot better, you know, on defense, yeah. especially. Uh, maybe part of that is, you know, being healthy and knowing they're going to need him for, you know, 26 to 30 minutes a night, that type of thing, as long as Kem Birch is out. Uh, some, you know, silly mistakes still happening. And it's funny, uh, I was talking to a player about another player uh, who, I, who I'm sort of doing his top 75 uh, entry for on The Athletic uh, coming up. Uh, and you can subscribe to The Athletic if you'd like, uh, theathletic.com. Uh, Look how smooth site. that sounded. It's, it's, a, it's a good webbed site. Um, <laughs> but the thing he told, uh, the thing the second player told me about the player on the list is that he had already made, like when he passed him the ball, uh, when the great player passed the role player the ball, uh, the decision had already been made for the role player by the great player. It's just like, if you get the ball from me in transition, take two steps and go up. You don't have to look up at the floor. You don't have to read anything. If I'm passing it to you, you know what to do. And I think that's sort of what I would say about Precious Achua when he gets it on the roll mm-hmm. from <laughs> from like Fred Van Vliet. Because most of his offensive mistakes are, you can see, they're, like, overthinking. He's, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it was against Milwaukee when he, like, went up and came down with the ball because he saw something out of the corner of his eye. I think he's actually, like, not that he has the greatest touch, but he's pretty fluid when he when he just goes up, uh, when he goes straight up after catching. And I'd like to see that a bit more from him. But other than that, I think he's looked pretty good. Uh, the guy who's, you know maybe making the most positive steps right now, Pascal Siakam. Uh, I think he's played 15 games in total now, uh, possibly 14. But in his last eight, he's now averaging 22 points, (coughs) 7.5 rebounds, 3.3 assists on uh, 49, 36, 77 shooting. Uh, And he had a big one, thanks to his niece peeing on him, apparently. Uh, 31 points, including 24, in the first quarter, or first half. He had 17 in the second quarter, went deep into the P-Skills bag for a few of those. Um, uh, It was the second time I saw that sort of confidence this year, along with the game against Sacramento, Mm -hmm. where he was just taking... It's funny, I have Raptors in 30 on my TV, and he just, you know, did a little shake shimmy and turn around, which is exactly what I meant. Uh... How how has Pascal yeah. looked? 
to you. I, I mean, Washington was a high point, but I think... Washington is his, a high his, point his, for Pascal. Yeah, his floor is leveling <laughs> off, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I realized, sorry, that I just kind of went all over the place and named a bunch of things that have been good when you ask me specifically. It's about good. It gives, us a no, it gives us a nice gr- <laughs> groundwork that we can touch on. But as, they were things we in my head us. that I was like, okay. Anyway, uh, Pascal, yeah. Uh, first of all, mentioning the quote about his niece his two-month-old niece who um peed on him when he when he picked her up that's a great quote but my favorite part was when he mentioned that i, I had lots so- of vol- i had lots of uh follow-up questions none of which i asked about well my that, favorite part was when he mentioned like like his brother has this you know newborn baby his niece and she's so fragile and he's like almost scared to pick her up i just thought that was such a cute um telling part of the quote that kind of got glossed over in favor of everyone, you know, <laughs> looking at that because I thought what a sweet, you know, you look at, you look at professional athletes and they're generally like, you know, these super tall, strong, athletic, superhuman beings. And then just with this little baby in front of him, um, he melted the way that we all do. I thought that was really... Well, I can relate. Like, anytime somebody asks me to hold a baby, I'm just like, no. I, I, <laughs> like, I don't want to be responsible for this. And anyway. Uh, <laughs> it, like, it's not like I've held babies. We're learning so it, it, much about you today, Eric. It, it's pretty, like, it always... I'm always scared. I'm not... Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, like, I don't know. I've been, like, babysitting since I was, like, 11. So... Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens in small towns, I guess. <laughs> they when you were eleven, they let you with like a baby, baby, or like a three year old. Uh, first time I was with like a baby, baby was probably like like regularly babysitting a baby, baby. I was probably like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, but, like that makes yeah, more toddlers. Sense, yeah. Like when I was, I think I first started when I was twelve. I think I took the babysitting class when I was eleven, and I scored a perfect score on it. Oh, yeah. I remember that nice. was a big deal. Like I was. So proud well, of if that. You still, if you still remember right? it, it was obviously a big deal. It was a huge deal. I remember like it being a huge thing. Um, but anyway, anyway, yeah, babies. That was really that was a really uh, sweet part of the um, of the quote. But I think yeah, Pascal. I, I mean, we saw it a bit last week, just saying he looked more comfortable. I think you're really seeing that now, and you're kind of seeing like the reward of him just playing his game. Um, he just looked really happy, especially against the the Wizards. I mean, I guess when you're scoring 24 points and a half, you're gonna look happy. But just like all of his spin moves, just how like like you were talking about precious, sometimes maybe thinking too much. I think the thing that we have seen with Pascal the past couple games is exactly that. He's not thinking it too much at all. He's just playing his game and getting it, seeing him get to the line that much and be that aggressive was really positive for me. Like, I think that was really one of the biggest things that stood out to me is, okay, Pascal's good. Like he's playing his game. He feels good. And yeah, like, I think, I think that 12 free throws was like the high for high for his season. But high for the Raptors player season? Has anyone I mean, the only other candidate is is Fred. And it wouldn't be Fred, Um, so that would be a high for a Raptors uh, player. We can check that at some point. But if it's not high, the high, it was damn close. I mean, uh, and those free throws really carried the Raptors Mm -hmm. early on offensively. Because even though they let up (laughs) uh, only 12 points, they only scored 23. And without those free throws, it might have been, you know, Pascal was one for six in the first quarter. It was going to be hard sledding, yeah. and and he kept them going with those free throws. It allowed Fred Van Vliet to sit at the end of the first quarter, which has been a rarity. And and I, that's the last thing I want to touch about on about Siakam is he had a ton of foul trouble. He had five, five, and mm-hmm. six in the previous three games. Uh, I think he only finished with three against the Wizards, none early on, and you know that was part along with a great bench effort, which we're going to get to here of Fred Van Vliet being at a uh, season not low, but his second <laughs> lowest total in minutes this year, 33 and change. His lowest was against Sacramento. So when Pascal Siakam is deep in his bag, Fred Van Vliet doesn't play much. Is there a correlation there? I would suggest yes. Uh, I mean, there's certainly a correlation. Is there causation? Um, at least slight, I would say. Yes, there, there, there there's is. something minor going on. Um, Pascal's good, and mm-hmm. you'd like to see those performances 
those dominant performances of him reading well in the post, of him facing up and knowing where he's trying to get to a bit more. There's still work to do on his, you know, his, his jumper, I would say, is not where everybody would want it to be quite yet. But he's he's starting to, in addition to put up numbers, impact winning in the way that uh, I think Raptors fan, fans have hoped. Yeah, been, if you if you have any criticisms for Pascal Siakam this week, you're just a jerk. So let's just get yeah. that out there. I'm not sure we're going to get to a whole segment on Fred. He continues to be very good. Uh, you did want to mention oh. <laughs> uh, a moment with him against the Bucks, uh, which the Raptors nearly found a way to lose by giving up a six-point possession, uh, almost. Uh, who was it that missed a three? Pat Connaughton missed a three in the corner that would have given the Bucks oh, the Oh, I thought lead. that was going down. Like, of I, course you every did. Every part of me was yeah. like, "Here we go." But I will say, as much as we, as much as we don't want to get into like officiating, those fouls, that was a weird game. <laughs> the fouls at the end of that game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, as as John Schumann said to me, and let's not get into the weeds too much, but like uh, Precious Achua got called. The, to, to rewind, the Raptors failed to secure a, a free th- a missed free throw twice in a row, and once was on a Precious Achua sort of face uh, guarding or like turning around and and you know boxing out on the front instead of with his behind on Bobby Portis, um, old oil spill as I like to call him. <laughs> BP oil spill. Um, and that's going to be called every time when you have your front to another player and are sort of in a handsy battle. The defensive player usually gets called for that. Anyway, there were a number of uh, calls that way uh, late in the game, and, and Scotty Barnes yeah. finally <laughs> secured the win by tapping the Raptors' <clears throat> own missed free throw back to, I believe, get Van Vliet. Uh, his arm just throws. extended and extended yeah. and extended on that play. It was like the most amazing non-scoring or defensive play. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah, such a yeah. He has a knack for that, though. He yeah. he finds his finds a way to get to loose balls uh, and or, or rebounds in this case. Uh, and so the Raptors led by four with the Bucks having the ball with nearly no time left, which uh, brought you to a favorite moment. Yeah, on the broadcast, it was showing the. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you saw this or not. I heard about it. Okay. Yeah. It. Yeah. They were showing the the bench, and Fred was like, had the guys around him, and he was so emphatic with his hands. I'm doing it right now. So if you hear movement in the background of this mic, it's me moving my hand as I pretend to be Fred Van Vliet. Wow. I wish I was Fred Van Vliet. Uh, and he was screaming to his teammates. And again, here we go again. How do I always end up in? positions where I have to swear and he said don't blank F- fucking Ooh, spicy don't fucking move. don't fucking move <laughs> it may have been foul but I like some people reported it as foul but I think it was move basically meaning like do not do anything that could chance them calling a foul on you especially with the way these past couple of minutes have gone because I have worked too hard this game <laughs> we yeah. have worked too hard this game to uh to not win this game so yeah, yeah I was there, it was awesome. There's no four point shot yet in the NBA. <laughs> it was just a perfect uh, Fred moment. It'll it just, probably like, be in the G League next year, but <laughs> yeah. not yet in the NBA. It just perfectly like encapsulates like Fred, the leader, the person, just like saying exactly what everyone is thinking. And yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, he's good. He's awesome. Uh, we'll That's talk all. about him a lot more in episodes to come. There's just not much to add at the moment. Um what we got finally, and, and this was the other thing that contributed to uh, Fred Van Vliet's minutes being down on Sunday, Ooh. was a, just an all-around solid bench performance. And I want to start with Yuta Watanabe because... I also want to start with Yuta Watanabe uh, because... I just, I just think the dude is, you know, reliable and rock solid. Mm-hmm. Uh in, his, in the six games since he's returned, and full disclosure, he didn't play in the Pacers' blowout, um, the, the loss to the Pacers, which helps this stat, obviously. He is a team best plus 24. Um, and, you know, small sample mm-hmm. size. It's obviously not all Utah, but 
uh, I said it in the comments of my story to somebody, like he almost feels like, and you saw it when, when Pascal Siakam fouled out, he almost feels like the extra starter mm-hmm. right now. And like his minutes don't reflect that necessarily because they're still being careful with it. But you can very much tell he is the guy that mm-hmm. after the starters, and maybe even ahead of some starters, <laughs> if you know what I mean, that Nick Nurse trusts the most. And he should. I, there's just, he doesn't make mistakes. He knows his own game. He knows his teammates so well, whether that is a product of just watching that, studying them on his own or watching them during his time on the sideline. But he he always, or not always, because no one is perfect, not even Utah, but he almost always makes the right play, the play that he should on both ends of the floor. And yeah, like it's just, it, he makes sense on... He makes sense. Like, I just trust him out there with basically any lineup of uh, of players. So I totally get why, why Nick feels that way. And it's just awesome to, like you said, have another player that you kind of know if someone's in foul trouble or if the team's playing badly or you need a boost or you even just need to have someone out there to just, like, help calm things down. Like, if you've had, like, craziness happening, he's really steadying, which is... It's kind of crazy to say that about a player that is has only played in six games and that isn't playing isn't you know a starter who and and also plays like moves a game. ton like he's yeah he's not like a slow it down player he yeah uh, extremely you know, active Nick, yeah. yeah no he's but been it, awesome it's like, like it's it's mindful activeness let's 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 create a new term to a mindful activity yeah well you know the the wooden quote like never mistake activity for achievement mindful activeness those kind of go hand in hand don't they yeah yeah that's Um, utah utah's very mindful i like that um he's been great i'm so happy he's back there's not much to add I, i think we both thought that he should be in the rotation once he got back and uh he is certainly establishing that role again and let's just hope he stays healthy and, and stays productive yeah, and and sure. when siakam went out i think with his fifth foul against the bucks uh he knocked down a three and it wasn't mm-hmm. an easy three either mm-hmm. i, I want to say and that's maybe the most important area of development is like whether he's the fifth option as he will be in some like starter heavy lineups or he's like the second or third option in some bench heavy lineups like he's really attacking his opportunities he's, he's not been shy um even with putting the ball it's not just taking the shot when it comes to him he's putting the ball on the floor a little bit not as a primary creator but as a guy who's attacking a closeout or something like that and these are things we saw last year and uh we'll see a bit more and I, we're looking to just see in more quantity right now I, he's, he's been, i feel like yeah. last year though he like nick would often remind him like i want you to do more i want you yeah to t- and, and it seemed like he, he was, was getting a little the Scotty still Barnes, like the Scotty yeah, Barnes and, treatment. <laughs> and Utah was kind of like feeling it out. Like, does this guy actually want me to do these things? You know, and well, yeah, uh, this- and sorry, it's like a similar place as Barnes, who's like the sixth man slash playing <laughs> in a point guard role last year, and, and like thrives on being a good teammate and Mm -hmm. so often when we think good teammate we think you know pass the ball get the next guy involved but sometimes it's really making sure the offense doesn't stall out and taking the opportunity that's there yeah and I think with Nick especially like a lot of players talk about when they first come here and he's telling them like you have the green light like if it's a good shot if it's your shot if you're open like just take it I think it does take a bit of time to like believe that in a way if you're coming from playing a different or a smaller role but I think you're really seeing that with Utah like you mentioned it's just really great to see he's a delight uh, and his yeah. headband is incredible yeah the the headband hair combo um it's I perfect. got some jealousy there uh, Chris Boucher, fourteen and eight. Uh, I thought the Montrez Harrell battle or, or matchup was going to be very bad for him. <laughs> it was not. He uh, he won that battle. Not that it was directly one on one or anything. Uh, as you said, I think that was, if not the best, among the best performances he's had this year. Uh, now, of course, as as Nick Nurse mm-hmm. used to say about Norman Powell all the time, let's let's turn it from two out of five to three out of five good games in a row or good good games. And I think we're. Uh, let me just ask, you know, where are you? 
with the with Sunday in mind that that's what <laughs> we want. That's what we want from Chris Boucher. What this what we got yes. on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Where are you were you with expecting it? And uh, you know his yeah. spot with the Raptors in a, a as a whole. On yeah, whole. I think I think with what he has shown in the past and the talent and skills that he has. I feel good about expect. I would feel good about expecting this. However, with the way that this season has gone, and and to be fair, he has had some injuries. He started the season with a hand finger hand injury. I think it was a finger injury. A finger injury, and then he had that really bad fall, and he hurt his back, and he was dealing with that. So there have been some legitimate things that could have been holding him back. But but even with that. I haven't really been able to figure out why his start was has been so not good. And, I mean, he knows that, clearly. He was benched last week in a game. Um, I think and, a game and a half, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think he had, like, a one stint in, in, in the in the second game there. Uh, and yeah. he, he's talked about it. I mean, it's not like a secret, you know. He said, like, I have to keep working and show what I can do. And he did that on, on Sunday. Um, so I think I feel good about about saying he knows the expect he knows that's what the expectation is and it's you know he needs to do it um i'm a little leery of saying it's gonna happen just because it's been such a weird season but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna roll with chris i'm gonna say this is the start of a a good stretch yeah and roll is actually a pretty key (laughs) word after after the game yesterday uh sunday he said uh you know after you know, he got so focused in on finding his shot, on finding his three, that he almost forgot about the other things he can do. And that's roll to the basket. That's, yeah. you know, present himself as a lob threat. That's, uh, you know, setting screens and, even you know, not necessarily popping out to the, to the arc. It's, you know, cutting on the weak side. And he was very honest in saying he got lost as he tried to mm-hmm. find his shooting touch. And I think it's natural after, you know, he was... I think he only finished at third, not only, but he finished at about 38% from three last year. But there was a while there where it seemed like he was yeah. making every one he took. Yeah. And, you know, you're taught, shooters are taught to keep shooting. And, but that it can't be an expense of everything else you can do. And, and, Fre- and Fred and Chris, I don't think there's a, <laughs> I think Chris and Fred are almost opposites. But, um, <laughs> um uh, but Chris Boucher, as a defensive presence, as just like pure activity up and around the rim, can do so much that mm-hmm. you don't want him just hanging out on the three-point line. And another, you know, point in his, you know, to keep in mind is they very purposefully were trying to keep him away from quote-unquote center minutes. And mm-hmm. between the injuries to Kem Birch and Precious Achua and even OG Ananobi, who in some situations would be taken on those, you know, Montrez Harrell types probably um, in lineups with Boucher. Boucher's had to absorb more of those minutes, and, and that's not really where you want him uh, or where the Raptors want him. But, yeah, I, I, I'm very much in line with you in that, like, I need to see it a few games in a row, but uh, that in a, in a matchup that wasn't great on paper, uh, it, it was good to see him come through. Uh, I'm going to let you do the the start of the uh, Delano Batten Admiration Club uh, because oh yeah, and had, also that was another yeah. thing. Hearing you mentioned OG's name, <laughs> we didn't even talk about the fact that he's out still. <laughs> like yeah, yeah no, there's he, a lot he's, going he's, on. He's good, and it would help if he came back. Would, yeah. uh, hip pointers can really, as I think we mentioned a few weeks ago, f up your life. Yeah, and there's no and they can know, hang can around. Come, for yeah, a long you can come time. back quickly. You can they can bother you for a while. All of which is to say, there's no immediate update. But it sort of seems like the thing, like the same thing as Ken Birch, like. One day we're just going to hear he practiced, and then the next yeah. game he'll play. Yeah. I, I'm guessing. Um, and I, I also think they're they're probably being cautious as they should with something like that. Because what's the point of having a player come back and play one or two games and then further injure themselves and you know have to go through a set like that just doesn't make sense to me. So I yeah. I get it. Um, Delano. Delano. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah. So this was before he, I didn't get to see the 905 game because I, I had another call, but apparently he came in and like completely blew that game open, changed everything. Yeah. Um, but he, against the Wizards last night, he only played 15 minutes, but in those 15 minutes, he led the team with a career high six assists. That's so only awesome. One, only one assist for the 905 today. What uh, What's wrong? Well... Probably he did have 30, po- I was gonna 30 say, points, 5 rebounds. I was going to say, he probably needed to focus a little more yeah, on scoring. He had 30 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 steals, but only 1 assist. Wow, I didn't realize he had 30 points today. Yeah, he was wow. all over the place. Okay. He was okay. like, like what I said, what I said, like, they were playing defensively the way that, like, the Raptors sort of want to play. It was very much Delano back. Delano? Um, yeah. Like, like, he was, like, among the captains of that chaos causing crew uh alliteration that was awesome um thank you uh, i meant delano but also i do appreciate good alliteration thank you uh yeah no i was so excited for him uh i know like i i always want him to play more (laughs) i don't always know where those minutes are gonna come but uh and i don't want to answer those questions so don't ask me if i want him to play more who has to play less but uh yeah that was just really awesome and exciting and just shows like a glimpse into the different things that he can do in his game and the different sides of his game which continue to surprise me i think it might have been last week where i said that i wouldn't mind seeing him down with the 905 for a bit just in order to focus on that playmaking that stuff Mm -hmm. in the half court so uh, as much as raptors 905 plays in the half court which doesn't seem (laughs) to be very much but uh um if he keeps on having and and that's been the rub like the bench has been Mm -hmm. so unproductive that you can say that and and you're not really even if Delano Benton has earned those minutes on merit you're not really giving up that much from a team perspective but if the bench starts to coalesce and I I think it's obviously too soon to say that based on you Mm -hmm. know one or two games uh I start to feel differently about that uh but it's good to see Benton stepping into some more jump shots. It's good to see that form looking a bit uh, less herky-jerky, let's say. Uh, yeah, he was good. Malachi Flynn also played in that game. Uh, not as good. He, he had 21 points on 7 for 21 shooting. He was on obviously on the court for most of that 20 nothing go go start. Listen, it's been um, a while since Malachi Yeah, yeah, I, and he was much shots. he was much better in the second <laughs> half and I think <laughs> All things be like fully healthy roster. I'd still love to see Flynn get an extended mm-hmm. shot as the backup point guard, just because I think you got to find out about the guy. Sure. Like I, I think there's merit in that. Heading into, you know, what will eventually be the second half of his second season, you want more information and you want to know what you need going forward. And uh, you know, not that we're getting to the end of the season and you're running out in opportunities, but. At, at some point, especially if Dragic isn't around, uh, you want to get that extended look. Whereas with Banton, even though I believe he's also on a two-year deal, I could be wrong. I, I forget exactly I the nature of his of his, his contract. Um, you have, just in general, more opportunities to get him looks. And, and he's got the bigger look this year. Also, um, what a weird... What a weird start to an NBA season um, for Flynn, you know? Like, you you get drafted to uh, not quite the defending champs because... Oh, no, they would have been... No, I get confused. There was the bubble, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a season behind, yeah. (sighs) The bubble and Tampa. Yeah, season ahead, season... However you want to put it. The bubble and Tampa are one season in my brain. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so the Raptors were a season removed from having won when... And, And a very good team. Yeah, a very good team when they drafted Flynn. Flynn didn't even get to like be in Toronto until this year. September. Right? Yeah. Like what a crazy start to a season. Anyway. Uh, to a career. Well, yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Let's get to a few questions. Uh, I put out a call for questions from listeners, uh, which is something I'll do time to time. Uh, DJXS asks, asks, (laughs) asks, is it time for the Raptors fan base to quit moaning about getting a traditional center because it's blatantly clear <laughs> that the organization has no interest whatsoever in getting one? Uh, I, I love the um, the emotion dripping <laughs> off of this question. <laughs> it's like I wrote this question, yeah. but I, I promise you I did not. This um, is not your burner? You're not yeah, JXS? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No. Um, I... Uh, <laughs> I will say that from a Raptors front office perspective, and I wrote this uh, in a piece, I forget, of some game or another, uh, when they had rebounding issues. Uh, to them, not having a traditional center, some guy who can help them maybe clean up the boards mm-hmm. in a more traditional way, but would also necessitate probably playing in a more traditional drop your big back type style. From the Raptors front office perspective, and and this is just me reading into it, they haven't said that, but I think that's a feature, not a bug. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I think, you know, if Nick Nurse were ever, you know, like, got antsy and was like, we need to fix this defense as quickly as possible, and the way we're going to do that is by playing a more normal style Mm -hmm. and that way we're going to help on the glass and and we can maybe funnel more shots to the mid-range i think and not that nurse would definitely do that he seems more on board with with, (laughs) you know the way they're playing yeah uh than anybody but if you have a player like that on the roster it gives you an opt-out of this strategy this experiment that they're trying you know Oh, I thought and you were, I, I thought there was more. I thought you were, I thought you were, I thought you well, were. Well, I want to leave some room for you to, yeah, to comment. No, I mean, but I, I agree. But as you said, I do think that this is by design in a, in a way. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, I would say uh, part of being a sports fan is moaning about what your team does because for you, sure. you get emotionally invested as you should. Um, but yeah, I don't think you should expect it to change. Is what I would say. Yeah, and I, I think that goes back to what a lot of the questions we're going to get this year are. And, and if you want another opportunity to ask me questions, uh, I'm going to put out a mailbag call soon. Uh, so you can find that on The Athletic. I'll, I'll tweet a link to Where you uh, should subscribe. the submission form. Yeah, very good. Um, <laughs> but that goes back to what are we doing here and what are we doing for it for are we do are we like is this a question find... about the raptors or is this a question about humankind because no, i'm not i'm not getting into that um <laughs> I, I watched the left as holly is referring to i watched the left five episodes of the leftovers on saturday it left Mm-mm. me in a very weird headspace going into sunday's game uh yeah okay. for the record not... before he started the show i told him Really not didn't like you. it. I, not for you. I didn't say it was not for you. I said just like a heads up. I was recommended the show. Um, I tried it. I gave it my best effort. Like I really tried. Watched the first season. Had to bail at an undetermined point in the second because we're not going to spoil anything that's happening or not happening. Yeah. Not that the reason I left would be any reason that you would leave. Uh, yeah. or, or, or I don't anticipate you not watching. But I said... I hated this show (laughs) and I usually find redeeming qualities and my only redeeming quality was, I guess I didn't really have one. Did I have any redeeming qualities? Justin Thoreau is handsome. Oh, I didn't even say he was handsome. I just said he's shirtless a lot. So I guess that's like a plus. Uh, 
I struggled with that one. Like, there wasn't, I didn't like, I didn't, anyway, I didn't like the show. I just told him, curious to see what you think. And he said, oh, I'm gonna love it. So. And I do like it. Um, <laughs> but it leaves me feeling uneasy. Similar to uh, another show, Rectify, uh, which was a lot slower than than this show. Oh, um, man, that must but, be uh, slow then. See, I don't, fi- I don't find the leftovers slow. Um, anyway, uh, but lots of similar <laughs> themes in, in what it means to live, just be. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think like the, I don't know what this, we would really need to get back to basketball, I know, but I'm I don't sorry. know why I'm drawn to this shit. I don't know why I'm drawn to like questions that I think about enough on my own. And, because like, you're a beating heart and you want to know that you're not alone in thinking about these things. Yeah, but it does make me feel worse. Yeah. Like, I know it's going to make me feel worse. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I, it's like, I still can't stop myself. Anyway. Uh, Brains it, and humans are it. complex. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, not give a full take until I'm done with it. But I, I can't help myself. You point. know what else is complex? Injuries. And our next question. Thank you. Or thank you. How amazing um, was that? Was from was, Chris Luco? Le- yeah, Chris Lukowitz. Luka. Uh, he. Oh, uh, he's oh, you in, know this person. Well, he uh, he tweets at me fairly often, and he's uh, he's always very kind and very uh, thoughtful. I think so. Oh, that's uh, so nice. I'm sorry I, I that I didn't. His, I learned his name for him in response to well, that. <laughs> now I feel like a jerk. So you take over. Go ahead. Uh, he, he asks, it seems the Raptors have a lot more injuries slash a lot more or have been a lot more cautious uh, now than during the DeMar, Kawhi and Lowry window. Am I misremembering or is there a lot? Is there a low key tank still going on? Um, I can remember some injuries. Yeah. Yeah. I will say in the first year, the surprise season that started the run, so 13 14, when they ended up losing to the Nets, part of their success, and as we tried to figure out on the run how sustainable this was Mm going to be, was that the starting lineup was extremely healthy. I I think, like, I did, I remember doing a story at the end of the year, uh, and I, let's try to remember the starting lineup Uh, Kyle, DeMar, Terrence. Jonas uh, was Amir the starting four? I think so. Um, and they had missed like a combined 10 or 12 games as we were into like game 75 of the season or something like that. And so they were one of the healthier teams in the league and that was a major factor. But if you go on through throughout time, like you can't say there were, you know, they were not cautious with Kawhi. Certainly mm-hmm. he was, he was, invoked in this question they were more than cautious with Kawhi. um we had some kyle ankle injuries even we in had the some post-season. kyle ankle Remember injuries the we had DeMar. some kyle finger injuries we had a kyle back injury uh remember I the demar when he slipped and it was his yeah hit? against dallas that was awful uh, he, he oh. missed 16 they freaking signed damari carroll and he was pretty much injured for the entire time Fred Van Vliet uh, has missed some large sections over his career. Most notably, uh, this was not any part of a low-key tank or, or whatever, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when he took a bam at a bio screen in game 82 oh, as they screened. That was the as, worst. As he tried, as the Raptors tried to win six, uh, 60 games and failed and lost Fred Van Vliet for the better part of the first five games of the playoffs. That yeah. was not great. Uh, we can keep on talking about it. No, um, but I think I think the I think yes, you're misremembering, but there is a reason why you're misremembering, and I think it is because of that season you're talking about, where they had such amazing health, and there was so much talk about the Raptors' uh, support staff and medical staff, and I think Alex McKechnie's yeah, shoelaces. I, yeah, but there was one wasn't. I was at the. I can't remember what season it was, but their staff like won the award and like won the award for like the best therapy training staff. And then they were. I think also, John Lee maybe specifically won that. But I anyway. feel like there was two. I feel like he specifically won an award, and then there was also like a team thing that is kind of yeah that's given each year. I'll I'll have to fi- look that up because now I'm curious if I am misremembering. But yeah, I totally get why you would feel like that because there was a lot made of the health of the team and the continuity and all of that. But um, I think that when we look at what actually happened, (laughs) um, 
yeah, there have been, there have always been injuries and there's always been, you're always cautious with certain injuries and certain players, just depending on the injury and the player and the situation. Is there a low key tank going on? I don't think that. I think it's that this team's, the, the ceiling for this team this season is different than the ceiling of a championship team, you know? So players yeah. themselves, there may be more of a pull to, come back if you you know see see the end and and see that the end could be you holding holding that gold golden ball, ball as <laughs> the one and only Kyle Lowry <laughs> was often to to say um but yeah I don't think that I th- I think it's a bit of both I think that it's easy to forget some of those injuries because also who likes remembering injuries and also this the expectations and the ceiling on this team is different than ones in years past yeah, and, like, I think you're exactly right. It's not a low-key tank, but, like, they will just be more cautious because there's less value in each individual win from a team mm-hmm. perspective um, than, like, development is so much more important than a win. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you consider that tanking, and I don't, but because, you know, the, the pressure... Uh, and the importance has shifted, you know, 10%, 15% from now to later. I don't think that's the definition of a tank, but it will result in them being more cautious. Right. Um, but saying that, like, Yuta Watanabe was out for seven weeks with a stra- strained calf. Gary Trent was out for two games with mm-hmm. a calf injury. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're doing the same thing with every injury, like they're treating it as they see fit. And I I think if they see risk of re-injuring or or if there's a pain tolerance that can't Mm -hmm. be played through, they're going to err on the side of caution. And I think that we can say that maybe they're doing that, you know, slightly more than they might have in previous seasons. But I don't think that's one and the same as a low-key tank. Thanks for being nice, Chris. I love hearing about people on the internet being nice. Um, We have a bunch of more things to talk about here, but I think we're going to have to save a few of them for next week. Shout out we to do, Mar- but we can't We can't leave out Jonas Valanciunas scoring 39. And where did those 39 points come from? Well, seven of them, se- sorry, 21 of them, math is not my strong suit, 21 of them came from beyond the three-point line in the first half. Holly, I have two words for you. Culture reset. <laughs> oh, I miss JV. He's so uh, I, I, th- I remember in, in one of the playoff games against the Wizards, the headline to my story was, Jonas Valanciunas is the culture reset. Uh, and I was very <laughs> I was very pleased with that. Thanks to Masaya Jerry for saying those two words, and which were never actually defined. Still don't know what the culture reset was, <laughs> but uh, it's fun to talk about culture, huh? Um... <laughs> Uh, also, I wanted. I, I'm only mentioning this because I think it would mean a lot to you. Did you hear Chris Boucher give Ray Chow a shout out after the game? <gasps> or not? No, no, oh. he was like Ray Chow. So he's like one of the team therapists, uh, masseuse. By the way, I'm going to get a massage after this this podcast is over. I'm excited about that. But not. With but he Ray. said it not with Ray. Uh, that would be he a does, dream. He does live in the same general area as I do. Uh, saw him We're at learning no so much about you. Saw, saw him at No Frills once, a conscientious ah. shopper. You have to love it. Um, Did you I talk to him? To, uh, this was like a year and a half ago, maybe. Wow. But uh, I thought we we exchanged. <laughs> By saying we exchanged words, it sounds like it was like a confrontation <laughs> rather than yes, like we talked briefly. I would um, be so excited to see Ray Chow at No Frills or anywhere because he's the type of person that when you see him, immediately whatever room you're in, even the Raptors' darkly lit locker room, brightens. He's just anyway, sunshine. Yeah, he recommended a pre-game meditation to Chris Boucher, according to Boucher, oh, because like there's so much activity going on with Boucher. Uh, uh, I, I guess the reasoning was let's just calm you down, Slow it and, down yeah. and and let your mind be at ease before you start cycling through all these options when you're out there. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to... Again, I don't think A causes B, but it, it's nice to know that uh, good people are having positive effects on uh, players. Uh, That's fantastic. I love Ray. You love Ray. 
Who doesn't? Yeah, he's one of my favorite people in the organization. Um, yeah. Also, so, I just love when players shout out the support staff like by name because so often there's so many people that are involved with getting these players ready to hit the court every time you watch them and cheer for them um, who don't get a lot of shine and know that they aren't going to get attention or recognition that I love when a player takes the time to like shout a person out by name. It's nice. Yeah, so like we talk about Alex McKechnie a lot and not undeservedly, but John Lee, uh, Amanda, I can never pronounce her last name, Joachim, I believe. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced your name, Amanda. Uh, Ray Chow, like they're doing a lot they of... They have a the, whole staff, yeah. Yeah, they're doing a lot of like the super physical stuff with players under McKechnie's direction a lot of the time. And they're the people who are helping the players feel as good as possible. So, shouts out to them. Uh, let's wrap this up. Oklahoma City on Wednesday. Who's going to play? Will they lose by 73? <laughs> who knows? Uh, but hopefully we see both Shea, Gilchrist Alexander, and Ludor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big big Canada basketball few days because on Friday we get the New York Knicks. I know. Our big week. Jay Barrett uh, get a weekend off, followed by a back-to-back at home against Sacramento to end the seven-game trip in Brooklyn on Tuesday. We'll probably talk to you later in the week next week, just as a product of having a Monday-Tuesday back-to-back. Uh, you have here, what will the record of the homestand be? I'm going to say, so they're at 2-2 two and two right now. I'm going to say 4-3. and three. I'm going to say they beat the Thunder and the Knicks before a loss to the Kings, just because, like, they, doesn't it seem like they lose to the Kings at home a lot? I uh, like even they're gonna I, sweep. I, okay, all right. That's that's what I think. Well, I did say five and two was good. Four and three was acceptable. So, despite losing that Memphis game, which I had in there as one of those wins, they are in position to be uh, acceptable or better on this homestand. I think they will be better, and I think next week we will talk about a lot of things, but I think we will mention that Boucher is rounding the corner. I've come around to now thinking I'm down You've with... you yourself into it? Yes, I have. Knowing that he gave the shout-out to Ray and that he's meditating... <laughs> the, the vibes. <laughs> that the vibes. he's meditating The vibes pre-game. are immaculate. The vibes are here. I'm with it. Let's go, Chris. Let's go uh, he's, maybe he'll be rounding the corner like the Raptors are trying to round off screens, which is a Ooh. new n- nursism, which I enjoy. Uh, basically, all it means is we don't want to allow straight line drives <laughs> to the basket. We want to make those paths wider than possible so the help has less distance to go and to return uh, to their initial assignment. Why I yeah. felt the need to get the, in, that in there, I don't know. Uh, just different Nick nursisms bouncing around my brain all the time. Um, yeah, the Raptors have had some good uh, good coach quotes over the years. Dwayne Casey used to have the best n- yeah. weird sayings. Nick has think, his own great sayings. Yeah, they're both Rudy Tomjanovich Award winners uh, as the coaches who marry on-court success with on-court, off-court with dealing generosity with us, yeah. and patience <laughs> with the media. Uh, and both deservedly so. Before um, we before we go, I'm just I need to once again do another Raptors former Raptors shout out, and uh, I love I love that I say shout out as though they're listening to this. Like Demar Derozan is. Demar, listening I mean, to Demar this. texted me last night that he was looking forward to the episode today. So. <laughs> oh, if only. Um, shout out to Demar Derozan, the NBA's fourth quarter leading scorer this season. Chicago had big wins over the Knicks and the Nets. Um, and yeah, I love Damar and I love Zach Levine and I am bursting at the seams with joy for both of them. And also uh, for Chicago fans, because that's got to be awesome. Yeah, fun team. Tim Bonton of ESPN uh, did his annual, or is doing his annual, sorry to spoil ESPN content. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It it, like does a poll at like each quarter point kind of about MVP. And I just kept Demar off there. Um, But he's got to be in the top 10 right now, I would say. Do you want to hear my top five? I'll give away my top five. Uh, Giannis is my one. Curry is my two. Durant three. Jokic four. Paul five. Wow. I think Jokic has probably been the best overall player, but he's yeah. also like 200 minutes behind the top guys. I The only thing that surprised me was him being in fourth and not at least third. 
That's yeah, not like what, what I mean, the, I mean, Who was the fifth person, sorry? Chris Paul. Okay. Okay, um, yeah. You could put DeMar there. You can put a bunch of guys there. Um, yeah, no, Chris has been great, especially in those fourth yeah. quarters when the when the Suns went on an 18-game winning streak. Yeah. Snapped in Golden State. Uh, yeah, okay. We better shut up and uh, say goodbye because my back needs massaging. Um, <laughs> Holly, I hope you can get some rest and... Uh, Enjoy the week to come. Thank you, as always, for joining me. Thank you for having me and to everyone listening. Uh, Yes, thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you probably middle of next week where we're hopefully talking about a Raptors team that is... Above 500! Who knows? uh, At least at 500, maybe. Uh, They would need to go 3-1, and I guess. So if they sweep this, uh, the rest of the homestand and lose in Brooklyn, they would be at 500. So we'll see. Uh, Thank you for listening. See ya! As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.